Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is CEO of Donegal Local Development Company, Porrick Fingleton. DLDC, which was established in 1995, provides a wide range of support to individuals, communities and voluntary groups across Donegal. DLDC's 80 staff are currently working on 13 programmes. Earlier this month, its three-year strategic plan was launched by the Minister of State at the Department of Rural and Community Development, Joe O'Brien. Park, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thanks, Kieran. Park, busy times for DLDC. Earlier this month, you had the launch of DLDC's new three-year strategy, and earlier this week, DLDC held its 2022 Community Recognition Awards in the Finn Valley Centre, which had a large attendance. So before we discuss those in more detail, I'd like to talk to you a bit about DLDC, what it does and when it was set up. Uh, thanks, Kieran. Um, yeah, we're, we're what's known as a development company, Kieran. Um, there's there's one in most counties, and there's one in every county around around the country. Um, there's actually two in Donegal. I think it's just because of the size of the county as ourselves and up in Inishowen, Inishowen Development Partnership. Um, they were set up about twenty five odd years ago. Um, uh, as a government project where they had a number of national programs in the main the big two were the leader program and a social inclusion program um, but what they realised although they had sort of r- rules around what they wanted to deliver th- they realised that every county is different um, you know I suppose the, the, and you know in particular the focusing on the community where the needs and the challenges of the community in Donegal will be very different from the needs and the challenges in, in Cork and, 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 and so on and so what they did was they said look we're going to set up these companies we're going to give them, you know, a certain amount of funding to support the communities, and then we're going to ask them to set up, um, you know, a board where they would get representation across the board that would be what they call, you know, the the, the important stakeholders in the county. So there'd be a series of community repre- representatives, county councillors, um, representatives from the agencies like the ETB, Department of Social Protection, Chagas, and then also the national partners, employers, and trade unions. So then the, the thinking was, well. They know best. It's the job of the company to go out there and reach out, listen to the community, and then, I suppose, invest the money in the county where the needs are. So it was helping the community to help themselves? That's it. That's it. And I suppose you probably hear this from me a couple of times today, Kieran. The communities know best. You know, communities know best what they need, and it's our job to get in around them and support them to try and, I suppose, achieve their dreams and ideas for the, their community. Eighty staff across thirteen programs, Porik. That's a, a big workload and a big staff. It is, it is, and it's. I suppose when I joined five, six years ago, well, sorry, I joined about ten years ago with about twenty-five staff, and then I suppose in the, I suppose when I took over the CEO role with about fifty. So it's growing all the time. But I mean, I suppose what I would see is it reflects on the staff is it's a, an investment in resources for the communities in the county. So we're always looking to um, grow. We're always looking to develop because that means just more supports that, that are there for for Donegal. Um, I suppose when we look at the two. What you know? What we do? You touched on earlier. But there's two strands to it. One one is around um, the community and voluntary sector in in the county. Um, we're 
we're the envy, Kieran, of, of, of many, many counties. We have a wonderful community and voluntary um, sector within within the county. I think it's just something that about Donegal people um, and just how you know the makeup of the people that willingness to want to support each other the want the willingness to pull together the willingness to get through adversity when adversity comes along there's real resilience there but that that's the basis of what we work with so what we see then popping up throughout the county is community voluntary organizations where people just come together they see a challenge or they see a need in the community and they go about trying to address it and it's our job to come in and support those wonderful volunteers and help them what what they're trying to do um, the other arm the end of the business is, is very much working with people kind of on a an individual basis um, supporting people um, into employment, back into education, trying to improve their quality of life. Um, so that's that's at a very kind of high level, sort of the the two the two sort of strands of the organisation. Just in relation to the thirteen programmes, can you maybe talk to me a wee bit about those programmes? Um, well, I suppose the big one for us, would, first of all, is what it's called the SICAP program. But look, what SICAP stands for is it's social inclusion, community development. Um, Touching on the social inclusion piece, Kieran, I suppose we're look. I suppose when you look at our community, um, we're very much focused on people who are maybe living in the margins of our community, maybe living on on on, on the edges, maybe not so much engaged with people and members in the community and the services that are out there, and that can be for a variety of reasons. You know, um, we know not everybody's unfortunate to have the same sort of upbringing or childhood opportunities, maybe many knocks along the way. And and they find themselves with many barriers now as regards, you know, engaging, as I said, in the community, into employment and so on. So it's our job to kind of come in and, and support those people. We're very much sort of approach of meeting people where they're at, you know, getting an understanding of where they're coming from, helping them figure out, you know, what they would like to do and I suppose, work with them and support them to see the choices that they have, the opportunities that they have and support them along that path. In particular, I suppose, a particular focus is, is education and training and, and towards employment. In relation to those people who are marginalised, have you noticed uh, an increase uh, in, in that section of society? Ah, definitely. I mean... Like we're all very proud to live um, and, and be from Donegal, but we are a disadvantaged county. You know, we are slightly behind on our, our employment levels, our education attainment levels in the county. We we do have our challenges. We don't have massive investment into the county from foreign investment like you would see see in others. So um, there there is there is in, in in some cases limited, others maybe limited employment opportunities. So um, there are people. Yeah, struggling. Um, it's something that that's there, that's there in every county. It's our job just to get in around and support those people. And the fact that Donegal is a border county, has that had an adverse effect on the fortunes of the county at times, do you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose where we are, we're up in the northwest, and I suppose there's always that issue that we'll always hear around the, you know, the, the, where we are geographically and um, how connected we are into the rest of the country, and you know, the, the the structure and the transport system that's there to support the county. So that that definitely has an impact. But I mean, I would counter that very very quickly um, around and, and talk about you know the people from Donegal. There's there's a, there's a great there's a great saying I've heard it a few times is people come on holidays and they like to come to Donegal to see our wonderful beaches and our mountains and our lovely landscape and all but they leave talking about our people 
when they're back talking about Donegal and their experience um, it's all about our people and our, our, our people make up our county so we have some challenges there for sure but there's so many many positives about living living in the, in, in the county of Donegal Talking about visitors to the county, the Minister of State, Joe O'Brien, launched your strategic plan earlier this month. Can you talk to me about the plan and maybe some of its key objectives? Yeah, we were delighted to have Minister O'Brien here um, a, a couple of weeks back and he launched the plan with us. But our, our new offices there, um, our couple of directors and our management team were there on the day. And it's it's something that we, um, we, we commenced there um, about nine months or so ago, um, I suppose what what we what we sought to do in the first instance is is, is go out and listen listen to um, the community, listen to the people we support and the agencies that we work in, and that would very much then guided us as to what we needed to put into our strategy. We're conscious as well, coming off the back of COVID and the challenges that were there, some things had shifted, and we're all about reacting to the challenges of the community um, and the needs that are there. So we thought this look the timing is good now to dust this down and see see where we're going. The the main sort of focus is we've touched on one there earlier, which was around, you know, supporting people um, in, into an em- employment and education and training and helping on them on that journey. The other area then is 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 working with community organisations in the county. As I said before, there's some wonderful, wonderful people volunteering day in, day out in community groups throughout, and we just get in behind the committee that make up the uh, those community groups, and we try to support them in any way we can. It could be from forming the committee to start with, how to run meetings, how to elect officers, how to fill up funding applications, how to draw down funding, how to run events, awareness around health and safety, awareness around Garda vetting. The list goes on and on and on, but I suppose whatever the community groups need, it's our job to get in around them. And in particular, I suppose, talking about community groups and expanding on that, our, our big focus is around community groups that support social inclusion within the county. Um, it's just very important that as you know, communities do their, their, their work and, and they're trying to achieve what they're trying to achieve, is they do their very best to try and include everybody in the community. You mentioned COVID. Parik, any main lessons that you took away from that time? Well, I suppose the first one was just recognising and seeing the fabulous community spirit that was here in the county. I mean, our job is, again, to support communities, but... Did that surprise you? Ah, yeah. Well, it didn't, it didn't. I mean, they were... They were out the door. I mean, the, the lockdown happened, and we said, I mean, how do we help? And the communities were ready on the ground. The G is just a very good example, just on the ground, helping with all those run, runs, shop runs, pharmacy runs, and so on. It was it was mili- military style in some communities. Nobody was left behind, and we came in to support. But again, the communities know best. They knew who was living in every house. They knew who was in behind the, that front door, the makeup of the family, the challenges, and what you know the needs were in each one. And we just got it just got in behind them and just tried to you know support them whatever resources we could and just learning good practices and so on so um it it, it didn't surprise me it didn't surprise me um i suppose one one sort of piece that we're very conscious of coming off the back of covid is a lot of the community groups are a little bit slow to get to get going again a lot of them were very very nervous understandably oh, community centers and the like opening up um to go back to go back into those premises and so on. Some people, in fairness, had given huge amount of years to 
um, their community um, and volunteering stepped away during COVID didn't necessarily step back in understandably so um, so there's there's always an ask for from our organisation and communities themselves always looking for more people to come to forward to volunteer in their in their community and that's something you'll see probably from also kind of a campaign around that space over the next couple of years as just trying to build that capacity back 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 into the county again Park, you mentioned the needs of the community uh, are those needs changing more than they were before yeah i suppose one area that um is a real yeah challenge for the community volunteers like to right across is this area around governance um it's a need. I think all community people know that's a need, but but it is a challenge. Um, you know, I always think of the person who joins the community group, and they said this might be a sporting organisation, football, and they want to they join because they want to be out in the ground kicking ball with the kids, and 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 work and working with the kids. But then they find themselves sometimes in that office filling out forms and filling out applications and guard vetting, and we touched on child protection, etc. It is a necessary part. It is a necessary part of, of the world of community and voluntary. And, you know, look, our job is to get in around that group, to make that journey around policies, procedures, and to make that journey around um, that area as easy as possible, to let them get back out onto the field with the kids k- k- kicking ball. Um, but in some ways, you know, having all those that we call it the governance in place it protects those people as well it protects the volunteers that they belong to a good sort of strong community setting and in turn then the community that they're serving have confidence in them and how they're doing things so um, that's definitely something we're just seeing more and more of and just you know um, it's, 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 it's a challenge but it's just a challenge we just have to overcome it's just it's something as well that funders are looking for more and more you know as regards you know investing funding that they'd like to see these things all, all in place of sort of well run community organisations the volunteering piece is there it's, we're always encouraging people to come forward I mean there's as much benefits for the people who are um, benefiting from the volunteer, but the volunteers themselves, there's huge benefit for, for people to, to, to volunteer. So they'd be sort of the big two that would jump out of I me, mean, Kieran. You mentioned the reduction in the volunteer sector as a result of COVID for different reasons. Are you hopeful that it will reach a point where it will be maybe back to normal in terms of those levels? Ah, yeah, it will. It will. I think we're slowly, we're slowly getting back. Um, a big challenge with people, I suppose, is time. It's time. Everybody's living very, very busy lives at the moment. And everybody has readjusted and changed their way of living too, to they some have, degree. They have. Um, but, you know, just as an interesting one around volunteering as well, Kieran, is... You, you don't you, you don't necessarily have to be living in the community to be volunteering in the co- community. I mean, we have an example now of a community group and they're trying to bring out, they're trying to do a little plan for their town and they're trying to come up with what they'd like to achieve. And a lot of, there's a very, lot of young families living in the town, so they're thinking, what can we you know, have in place here within the, the community that's going to be really good for the young family? One of the areas they're looking at is trying to build a playground. And another area they're looking at trying to establish some, um, develop the, the sporting organisations. And also there's a bit of a focus around developing some classes around music and so on but to cut a long story short they're trying to promote that and there's a young fella who's working in Dublin he's from the town and he's able to do a lot of all that graphic work and a lot of that comms work even though he's living in Dublin he's absolutely delighted to volunteer back into the community from the place that he grew up and gives something back into the community so that's been something that's of a 
change that we have seen that um, uh, that has kind of opened up a few other doors for that for the for that voluntary sector. So that's a good example of of the community coming together, and as the plan for that town far away from reaching a end point? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I suppose what these little plans are great because when you go knocking on the door of funders and you're, you're looking to, you might be looking for the playground but that they can see a broader piece about further growth and development in that town or village and it's so important to keep our towns and villages throughout the county. Um, funders look very kindly on that and they're very quick then to, as I say, write the cheque and, and support the community group and you know, you have a good strong community group, go back to the governance piece as well, they know their money will be in safe hands that the community group will, will be able to deliver on the project and, and the money will be well spent and well invested. And it gives the likes of DLDC uh, a great sense of satisfaction having helped the community you're talking about? Ah yeah, I mean... To be honest with you, Karen, I think I have the best job of the world, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm from the county. Um, we, 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 to be able to support communities in the county is only fantastic. We have got a really fortunate way of working in the sense that I, when I was chatting to the teams and the guys, it, it's, it's very much unconditional work we're, in the sense that we're out helping people, but we're not asking anything from the communities. Our job is just to come out support, just find out whatever the community needs, find whatever it is, the resources that they need to, 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 to um, get on and carry out what, what they're looking to do. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's just a, lo- a wonderful way to work in, a wonderful environment to work in. And um, I think I speak for myself and all the team here, it's, we're very, very lucky, very, very fortunate to be, to be paid to do that, to do that work. Uh, being from the, the county park, is local knowledge key? Okay, it does help. I mean, they always say that thing about the the outsiders and so on in, in particular communities. And sometimes that's a good thing because it's an outside voice and a different way of thinking is is good. But um, I mean, it's it's. Um it, it, it is good to have the it, everything is about connections everything's about relationships everything's around sort of networks and and, and, and building those relationships because that's how we that's how we leverage our work is that hopefully in time people when they see ourselves coming up an organization into community we have a relationship there we have um, we have trust we have trust that hopefully hopefully the community see that we're, we're behind them um, what we see what's good what they see is good for them we, we do as well um, we have reach you know we talked there earlier around 80 staff or so Karen. you know there's probably about 40 or 50 of them week on week in and out of community organisations throughout uh, the county so that stre- helps strengthen our, our relationship and I suppose we call it the three R's in the company and the third R there we mentioned reach we mentioned relationship the third one then is just that responsiveness piece um, because of the way we're set up because of the way that we're um, we're able to react to changes um, it makes us a very responsive organisation very quick hopefully people see us has been quite quick to adapt to um, changes COVID being a very very good example where we we're just able to sort of drop certain things we were doing and immediately try to adapt to new challenges and needs as they arise. Pori, you mentioned your team and uh, you're about to move to new offices. We're here on Pierce Road. You have another office over on Port Road and you will be soon moving to a new office at Mountaintop. Yeah, well, I suppose you picked up on the team, first of all. And look, we... We've uh, we've been very fortunate. We've brought on some key people now in the last um, uh, number of months, and John Logan's come in there as head of operations, and Laura in, in, in PR, and Emma and HR to name but a few to already join our already fantastic team that we have. So we're we're I feel we're in a very strong position now to 
um, grow the grow the organisation again. Um, one of the challenges that we had, we were we were we were bursting at the seams, if I can use that expression, here in Millennium Court on Pierce Road, and we also had a premises over um, above Eddie Eddie Tobin's um, premises that were there on the Port Road. So we made a big decision this year that we would find a new premises and all try and get all our teams under under one roof, which is nearly forty odd people. And there we'll take a break. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. You're welcome back. Before the break... Horik was talking about DLDC's plans to merge the staff at the two Letterkenny offices into a new open plan space at Mountain Top in January. It's really, really exciting. We've got a lovely premises up there at the top of Carnamogan. We're hoping to be moving in in January. Um, a key thing for us as well in that move, Kieran, is we, we've we've very much got a open plan organised, open plan layout to the to the office, and it just for us, what you mentioned, there are thirteen programmes earlier that um, it gives us the opportunity to that all those programmes that are all talking and working together, we're we're very much sort of focused on it's the the client, they're the person we're supporting, the community group that we're supporting they're in the middle and all these programs and stuff we're all kind of in the circle around all focused on how best we can we can help help that community group or that person and i suppose that big change up to new office and getting everybody under the one roof and sort of an open plan setting i think hopefully lends lends to that sort of approach that we'll have now for the next couple of years was it difficult to acquire what you're looking for in terms of your office spec it was it was yeah i mean i suppose for the um that number of staff and we'd require a, a, probably a, a lot of meeting rooms for people coming in and supporting them and that nature of one-to-one and the confidentiality nature of, of our conversations that we'd have we were looking for quite a large premises but look we're delighted we're we're working with Barry O'Neill, who's our landlord up there, and uh, he's been a pleasure, pleasure to work with over the last number of months, and we're nearly there, first first of January, but it's, been, it's probably been one or two years in the making as regards trying to find a suitable premises, but please God, we've got it now. Farik, we mentioned the voluntary sector and the huge part it plays in life in Donegal, and in and the success of DLDC. Earlier in the week, Fan Valley Centre hosted the DLDC Community Recognition Awards for 2022, it's important to acknowledge the efforts and groups and individuals who give of their time to help and assist others. Yeah, hugely important. Hugely important. I mean, there's so many wonderful people throughout the county giving selflessly of their time week in, week out, year in, year out. And look, we were just absolutely delighted just to create a space where where that recognition could take place. It's something we had been thinking about for a number of years and then COVID came along and we got a little window last year, and then we went at it again this year. And um, Margaret here, Margaret Larkin, in, in the company, and leading out on a project team has kind of worked on over the last number of months, really, to, to accumulate in a wonderful night last Thursday night. And you know, the community people—it's just—it's so unusual that they're so used to just giving 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 they don't they don't think they they never have a want to be recognized so it's just wonderful to see them when then they are recognized um and it's just so important it's just so so important that 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 
the recognition is there, that it is noticed. Um, these people are leaders in their communities throughout the county. Um, they're doing wonderful, wonderful work. And it's only a pleasure of ours just to just stop, draw breath and just, yeah, just take a step back and just see these people for the brilliant people that they are throughout Donegal in all the pockets and towns and villages and parishes. Um, it's just unfortunate that we couldn't um, even hand out more awards, to be honest, because there's just so many worthy people. How important is it for those people to come together and maybe take time to reflect on their own efforts? Yeah, that's that's an interesting piece. I mean, well, one of the pieces of work we do as well, Kieran, is around networking. Um, there's so much learning um, that the communities can can learn from each other. Um, we always, you know, try to introduce communities together where one might spot something that's happening in another community and learn and figure out maybe possibly bring that th- to their own community. Also that they feel that, you know, the challenges that they may have might be challenges that are shared. Um, so that networking, we kind of can nearly call kind of peer-to-peer learning is hugely important. We've got a couple of good networks um, developed over the last couple of years. We're helping the daycare centres um, come together f- with that purpose. They would have they would have struggled now through COVID and we're, we're trying to get support them to get back up to that strong place that they've been. Um, this food response uh, network, those food banks throughout the county, unfortunately there's a need for them and it's how they get networked and how they collectively work together. And another one that's hugely important for us is that social enterprise network, which are those community groups that are out there um, with that kind of you know, supporting a, 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 a social need that's there in their community and, and operating some form of a business and trying to, A, provide the need, but also generate some income to keep them going as a sustainable business. And that's a really good model going forward, you know, that, you know, it's unfortunately, it, it, there's only a limited amount of grants that are out there and there's only so much money going around that community groups can get into that space where in certain cases that they're able to generate enough income for themselves to keep the doors open and the show on the road and we'd see that in a lot of community organ community centres throughout the county and always encouraging them into that space um, and that network is there can be real learning in that we can introduce guest speakers we can introduce some training we can introduce just information and, and any sort of element I suppose of awareness that we can just for them to be the best they can be Back in September, DLDC hosted a showcase event featuring local businesses that have benefited from DLDC, both financially and in terms of support and guidance and advice. Helping small local startups is a big part of DLDC. Yeah, huge part. Um, I think it taps back into what we were talking about earlier, the Donegal people and that resilience piece and that innovative piece and that piece of just getting on with things, you know, and we realise... You know, self-employment and small business is a huge part of the economic makeup of the, of the county. Um, I would just say we're supporting a hundred plus people a year to set up um, small businesses. Um, We've a wonderful scheme there. It's called um, uh, Back to Work Enterprise Scheme, and it supports people who have been maybe um, out of work for longer than twelve months, where they can take that risk of setting up a small business and they, but they would hold on to their social welfare supports for the following one or two years which allows them you know know that at least there's some funding coming in as regards paying the household bills and so on and um, 
we we I think I touched on it. We support them about a hundred a hundred or so a year, and what they're doing is they're naturally they're they're providing a livelihood for their own family, but a huge amount of them in turn then create further employment. Um, opportunities as their businesses grow and it's just interesting to see such an array of businesses that will be set up that will come through and we would work very very closely with our colleagues in social welfare on that there and it's a wonderful scheme and it works really really well for a county like Donegal. There was a great diversity of businesses on show uh, at that event Porig. There was, there was and um, I suppose we're always conscious when we support businesses that we're not setting up somebody that we use this word displace. In other words, that they might set up something that might be in competition with something that already exists. But I, I'm, I'm never shocked to see the new types of businesses that pop up always you know some something new or you know i i think a lot of a lot of stuff coming through now in technology and the like a lot of people able to work from home a lot of people able to come back to donegal and work um from home which is a great thing for the for the county so there's there's an absolute array of stuff that will come through it's always uh, very interesting to see some of people's ideas about maybe what they spot as a little opportunity in the market and that there might be yeah there might be a livelihood to come out of it and if there was someone out there at the manor park who is thinking about setting up a business what can DLDC do for them? Oh, come into us straight away. Just pick up the phone, um, give us a buzz or drop into the office. We have a team here who would be only delighted to, to support. And, I mean, I suppose just to be rest assured, I mean, that first conver- conversation is a conversation. Just come in, talk to us, um, let us hear about your idea. And I suppose we'll do our utmost and level best to just come in around, support you and, and go on that journey with you. Um, we've been only delighted, only delighted to help. Park, as we head into 2023, what are the main challenges that are facing DLDC? Um, well, I suppose th- we've touched on a few of them already, you know, just that, that I suppose, that piece around just reinvigorating and working with the, the community sector and, and helping them be the st- strong community groups. Um, that's that ongoing piece around supporting people into the education and, and employment. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, we're always watching the space of kind of the fallout of COVID, the fallout of Brexit. Um, there's a challenge there w- w- with our communities and supporting our Ukrainian families that have come into the county as well. And um, that's something we're keeping a, a very close eye on. Um, You've a dedicated team probably looking at that now. Yeah, yeah. That's been a very interesting journey now over the last couple of months for the company. Um, Lord, when I think back to I think what it was March or so when we heard of the first families arriving and uh, they were actually here in McGettigan's Hotel in, in Letterkenny and then very quickly there was another cohort that arrived down in Bundorn and um, little did we know I, I mean we, we had a bit of a crisis meeting and we set up a small team and we can read a Employed some of our staff across, and we thought we had a structure, and we thought that was it, and that was for 400 people, and now we've practically got nearly 10 times that here in the county, and we've had to adapt and pivot a few times on that there. I know Margaret Larkin and her team, we practically redeployed her team for about four months, and they were they were absolutely fantastic in in just in just adapting and changing, getting in behind the families, a eh, and getting in behind the communities that the families were were were, were now living in. And then we we finally near the end of the summer got some dedicated funding. We were able to hire some staff, and now we've a, a really strong team there um, being led out by Jolene. And um, it's 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 um, it's been really really interesting. I suppose 
mean, very much we would have saw it at the outset as kind of very much a, and it is very much a humanitarian, you know, crisis. Um, it was, it just came very instinctively to a number of our staff, um, where, and it was really interesting. It was, it was, it was a lot of our staff who were young mothers who just straight away spotted as the, as the families around, particularly McGettigan, so what's it? They could just, they could relate really, really quickly what were the needs were, um, and, you know, just what those, the needs were for those, for those, young children with regards you know in some cases clothing in some cases it was basic things like bottles and feed and so on um, and the, the real big concern as well was around um, you know that medication piece that getting connected into the pharmacies really really quickly you know working with the charities around the town for those some did arrive with 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 well, were of people of means but then others weren't and straight away linking them with the charities and they were that was great around St Vincent Paul here charity shop in the town worked really well and we very quickly I suppose in time then developed a model where it was that first week was very much sort of crisis mode where we sort of tried to identify straight away what do these family need in this particular town in this particular centre and then we get those addressed and then then you draw a breath after a week and you go right now there's a wider piece here now and we work across we have wonderful relationships here across all the county across all the interagency but possibly getting the kids into the school getting getting the mums and dads maybe into English language classes um, and just really it was all about just trying to support those families just to be included in the community and that's working with the families but more importantly it's working with the communities our own communities here that they could be and would be as inclusive as possible and they have been fantastic they have been absolutely fantastic in in, in rising to that challenge and it's all back to the stuff we talked about earlier about the characteristics of Donegal people just that openness that friendliness that just that willingness to want to help Pork you are seven years in the role here as CEO of DLDC what's the best lesson you've learned as head of the organisation um, communities know best you know when you're out working with the community you know gone are the days where you can in this expression of you do on to the community you know we know what's best for that community we're going to go in and we're going to put that into that community because that's what they need communities know best and we, we get in behind the community and listen listen to what they're looking for um and help them develop what their ideas are for their community. That's the piece because the community then own and take responsibility, want to take responsibility for any projects in their community because it was their idea to start with. So that ownership piece, that inclusion piece, um, and that piece around that they have participated and have been the decision maker about what is happening in their community or coming into their community. If you had followed your childhood dream job, Park, what would you be doing today? I don't think I'm too far away, to be honest with you, Kieran. Um, there's always a piece around trying wanting to help people. There's always a piece. I know my own background is accountancy, but probably for the last. 20 years when you're getting into jobs you're always part of the finance but you're always wanting to get into involved in part of the running of the organisation and developing it and growing it so in time it's about you're trying to build your own skill set you're trying to build up in your own experience and you know thankfully then this, the opportunity for this role came along and I was very 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 fortunate um, to get to get that job so um, 
Yeah, it's going very well. I'm, I was feeling very, very happy in the role. It's just a very, very rewarding role. And finally, Porik, what does the future hold for yourself and DLDC? Um, well, I suppose there's one thing looking at the organisation, what we're looking to do, but really I would trying to think, what does the future hold for the communities here in Donegal? You know, we talked for there earlier around the challenges and the needs, and it it's, it's trying to constantly find resources, constantly trying to bring in new ideas and new projects into the county to support those those um, communities. You know, we're very mindful of, you know, the small towns and villages in particular throughout the county. We see this in, in, in throughout the country, throughout many other countries in Europe where there is that drain of where people are leaving small towns and villages to that larger urban areas for work and education and sometimes not always returning. And, you know, how do we ensure that the life is still in those um those small towns and villages that you know that I always say that like young family coming back and trying to make a decision about where to live that they're looking at these towns and villages and going look this is a place to bring up a family there's there's a lovely community infrastructure there's a lovely clubs and sporting infrastructure there um, to name but a few where they just feel um, yeah a, 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 a sort of structured place and um, that there's there's a tide there and it's just trying to push back that tide um, would be something that we'd be very mindful of doing Parry Fingleton CEO of Donegal Local Development Company thanks for taking the time to talk to us on Business Matters thanks Karen. well that's it for this edition of Business Matters thanks to my guest Parry Fingleton thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound and thanks to you for listening if you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie.